the Brave Church podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope that you're encouraged by today's message. The party begins at midnight. Tonight I want to talk about the subject in our series of surrender, the subject of worship. Somebody say worship. Now, it's funny because when I say worship, if you've been in church, the first thing you think about is what we just did up here. You think about a band, you think about a song, you think about worship. And, and the reality is every one of us, we are worshipers, whether you believe in Jesus or not, you, you worship. And, and the reason why we are worshipers is because you and I, we were created to worship. That's the reason why God, when he created all of earth and everything and the fish and the sky and the heavens and, and, and the oceans and, and, and everything that we, we know to be existence today, the reason why he created man, the reason why we, he created us is because he wanted to be worshipped. You're like, well, that's egocentrical. Well, if you're God, you can do that. Come on, somebody. But God understands, he understands his value and his worth, but he also created us to worship because he understood that as we would worship him, we would fulfill our purpose and our calling in life. And so God gets worship, but our life takes purpose when we understand what worship is. But worship is so much more than a worship song. In fact, I would tell you, and, and I would venture to say something maybe you've never heard if you've been in church, that what we just did today is the least of what worship actually is. You see, worship, we were created to worship. You are worshiping something today. Like there are all kinds of worshipers in our world today. But before we get there, let me give you the definition of worship. The definition of worship is this, to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. To regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. And there are all kinds of worshipers. Like, for example, have any of you ever known someone who is a sports worshiper? Like, like they, they have the hat, they have the jersey, they have the t-shirt, they have the underwear, they have the towel, they have the flag. They ha- Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? They're, they, man, they worship that. They've got the license plate decal. They will wait out in the heat. They will tailgate in 110 degrees with 100% humidity because they worship. They know all the stats. They know all the figures. Man, they just worship their sports team, whether it's the Marlins. I don't know who that is. The Heat, the Fins, the Panthers, whoever, Barcelona. Like, they worship that sports team. In fact, they worship that team so much, they they pretend like they're the coach and the player at the same time. They're like, man, I can't believe they played that play. I don't know why we traded that player. I don't know what's going on. Like, they know everything about everything. I mean, I have seen men. I'm not talking about 16-year-old boys. I'm talking about grown men. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, they paint their face. They take off their shirt. And they haven't been in a gym in a minute. They paint their belly. They're like belly bumping other men. I mean, when you are in an environment like that, how many of you know when you go to work, you don't have that same demeanor? Like, you're not going at work going, hey, everybody gets a hug. Everybody gets a hug. Come here. Everybody gets a hug. How many of you know at at, at sports games, like, strangers, men will hug other stranger men because at a sports game, something about sports worship, it extracts something out of us. So we're like, come here, bro. Give me a hug. Man, we just scored. 
You're hugging and sports worshipers. I mean, that's that's something that we worship in our culture today. I mean, worship of our sports is something. Um, some people they worship possessions. Possessions. Um, the, the best thing I understand about possessions is some people they actually worship their vehicles. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Um, it's funny when we have friends come and they visit Miami. They say, "Man, I've never seen so many car wash places in my life." And, and, and I mean, the line on Friday night to clean your car, I mean, it is like through the street and people are like backing up traffic. Here's how you know that you worship your car is if you go somewhere and you don't like to park where all the other people park, but you have to park all the way in isolation because you don't want anybody to open their door and ding your car. You worship your vehicle. Here's how you know if you have named your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, worship, you worship your car. You know you worship your car. If you, just don't, you don't even let your kids eat McDonald's french fries. Because you're like, I don't want one grain of salt to get in between my seats. You worship your car when like, your wife or your girlfriend gets out and she shuts the door. And you're like, babe, why are you shutting the door so hard? You don't have to shut it that hard. Come on, baby. It just it shuts on its own. Don't, please, please. Don't. She puts her purse up on the glove compartment. You're like, no, 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 please don't. Because I just armor all that. You, like, you, you worship. You worship. There are even some people that they, they, they are, 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 are guilty of, of kid worship. You know what I'm saying? Like, you worship your kids. You, you have them in one sport, but that's not enough. They've got to be on the travel team. They've got to be on every team that there is. And, and, and something happens to you when your kids are on a sports team. Come on, Christine and I understand this. We have two kids that are now involved in sports. And something happens to my wife when our kids are on the field. I'm like, girl, you are embarrassing us. We are pastors. I don't care. I mean, like she has cheered our kids kicking the ball in the wrong goal. Woo, mijo, come on, baby, go. I mean, it is, it is something that happens to us when our kids are on the field. Like, we're, we're Britain. He started playing baseball um, for a season several years ago. And, and, you know, he wanted to play baseball. And so we had to get him the best bat. Even though we knew that bat would probably never touch a baseball. Come on. <laughs> but because we were so excited. And, man, he would get on the plate. Britain! And, man... You know, he had a good hit one time. It was amazing. We're like, it's okay, bud. You struck out. Come on, there's four more chances. You're amazing. And, and we, we, we kid worship because sometimes we will even, we don't like the coach there. We will, we will pay to have another coach coach our kids. And we'll pay money we don't even have to have another coach pay our kids because we think our kid is going to make it to the pros. But the problem is they have your DNA. They aren't going to the pros. You're five foot four. They are not going to play in the NBA, somebody. You can't even tie your shoes without tripping. They're not going to the pro. We, we kid worship sometimes when, when we no longer want to parent our kids. Now we want to be our kid's best friend, you know? And like now we want to wear our kids' clothes. Your daughter's like, Mom, the crop top. No, you're 60. Please, no. No. 
But, but what's interesting is, is that we, we worship something. And here, here's the reality. None of those things are bad. None of those things are evil. None of those things are, would make you a bad person. But the reality is that you and I, we will have an outlet of our worship. Like you are worshiping something in your life and maybe you didn't realize it until right now and you're like, yeah, I do. Some people worship relationships and they're just consumed with a relationship and everything that they do and think about and talk about and spend their money on is all in that relationship and it becomes a worship. And here's the reality. We were created for worship. That's why we worship, but we were created to worship God. You see, God says this, I want to be the first and the foremost thing. I want to be the highest thing that you worship. Worship the Miami Heat. Be a fan. Be a follower of that. But when it comes to the first thing you worship, you will only find purpose and fulfillment when you worship me first. When you put me above everything else. God says, I'm a jealous God. I don't want to compete with LeBron James in your new car. I want to be the first. First thing and the only thing that you get excited about in the morning somebody needs to worship God right now you see here's the thing worship is to honor with extravagant love and there's another word which says this with extreme submission submission is, is where we get worship if you're familiar with MMA there's this thing called the submission hold where when you get into a submission hold, you, you quit even though you don't want to quit because of the pain. And so you tap out, I'm done. I submit, you win. And that's part of our surrender. You see what worship is, is when we surrender, when we tap out to the things of this world and we say, man, I'm tired of getting put in submission holds and things in this world. I tap out. I give up on these dysfunctional relationships. I tap out with this addiction. I tap out with this destructive thing and I submit to you, God. You see, worship, it's submission. It's when we submit to God. You see, I guess the easiest way for me to say it, it's in your notes. It's simply this. Worship is a yes. Worship is a yes. Every time that God gets a yes from you, you just worshiped God. Every time God says, hey, I, I, I want you to do this, and you say, yes, God, you know what? You have submitted to God, and you just worship God. That's why worship is so much more than a song. That's why we've created a generation of young Christians who, man, they think worship is just some cool worship songs that we sing, and I just want to worship. Listen, you can worship up here, but God wants to know, what are you doing Monday through Saturday? The biggest worship that you can do is with your life. The biggest, you see, the reality of it is, we worship through a song, but only because we are saying yes to the song that we are singing. You know, that song, that last song we were singing, as you read those words, and those words are compelling and convicting, and as you say, yes, God, I want to do that, you're saying yes to God. You're saying yes, you could say yes to God and worship God with your life. Pastor, how? By, by the things you say, the things you don't say, the things you participate in, the things you don't participate in. The places you go, the places you don't go is a sign of worship to God. When you give financially and you say, God, I want to give 10%. I could spend this 10% on other things, but I submit to you. Giving becomes an act of worship. That's why we do giving in our services. Part of it is an act of worship that when you give or you do it online, you give when the bucket comes around, you ought to just say, God, I worship you through my giving. I thank you because I'm worshiping you as I give today. You see, it's an act of submission. It's when we say yes to God. But have you ever noticed that 
it's funny that whenever God wants us to do something that we wouldn't naturally do, we, we question if it's God. Like, like God's like, hey, I, I, want you to, I want you to buy that meal for somebody. And you're like, God, is that really you? But then you have this thought, I want to buy two salty donut donuts. And you're like, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. You, you have this thought, you're filling up gas. Hey, I want you to invite that person to church. I want you just to tell them that you're a Christian. I want you to tell them that, that God loves them. God, I don't know if that's you. You know why? Because it's out of what we would naturally do. But when you say yes to God, even when it's not what you would naturally do, it is a sign of worship to your God. You see, here's the reality. Anything you do that says yes to God is an act of worship. Here's why this is so important is because if your worship is misplaced, if you worship sports, you worship your car, relationships more than God, when your worship is displaced, your life is out of order. Let me say it like this. Anytime you put worship in the wrong place, your life has just become dysfunctional. You want, to how to, you want to know how to fix the dysfunction in your family? Learn to worship God above everything else in your family. You want to know how to get your kids to start acting right? Learn to put God first in everything you do in your family, and God will begin to work things out. Dysfunction comes when worship is all over the place. Let me tell you, that is why we put worship. There's a strategy for us having worship songs before I preach. It's because we're putting God first. We're saying, God, you are first. You are foremost. That's why we encourage you. Don't come late. Like, be here. Like, sometimes the worship is like, we started and there were five people out there. You just missed one of the best things about our service. Because worship is when we say, God, a whole lot of stuff has happened this past week. And there's a whole lot of stuff coming at me this week. But I choose to worship you first. You are first and foremost in my life. And your life begins to function the way it was created to function when you put God first. Come on, is this okay for somebody? All right. So that's why God says, worship me first. Now, l- let me give you some scripture because some of you are like, are y'all going to read the Bible or what today? Yeah, we're, we're going there. Um, Acts chapter 16, I'm going to go there. But let me Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas, um, Acts chapter 16 is about two men named Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas, incredible, incredible men in the Bible. Paul was actually someone who used to kill Christians. He got paid a lot of money, very wealthy. And his job was simply this. Go find Christians meeting in homes and churches drag them out into the street, kill them in as creative and most grotesque way as possible. And depending on how many you reach in your quota, you'll get paid. So Paul was a wealthy man. But Paul had an encounter with God. Somebody say encounter. He had an encounter with God and it changed everything. And in one moment, Paul went from being someone who killed Christians to now he is a Christian. He went to where he was looking to hunt down pastors and now he is a pastor. One encounter with God can change everything. And so, so Paul is now preaching, starting churches that he used to shut down. Of course, Christians had a problem trusting him because they're like, you killed my uncle last week. How do I know you're not trying to trap us? Trust me, I'm one of you now. And Paul and Silas, to prove it, are preaching out in public. They're preaching, they're healing people. Scripture says that people are being healed of diseases and things. So Paul and Silas are preaching in the public square. And all of a sudden, there's this 
teenage girl who is like chanting and mocking them. And they're preaching, and she's just over there mocking them out loud, yelling things at them. And Paul realizes that she's demon-possessed. And so he's trying to preach with the distraction, but the people keep looking at her. She's kind of getting to him. And so Paul finally says, I've had enough of this. So Paul and Silas go up to this girl. Come on, are you with me? Many times we just give you the, 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 the story in the Bible. We don't tell you everything that happens around it, which sometimes that's the best part. So, so they walk over to this girl who's demon-possessed, and he said, hey, what are you doing? She's like, I'm balking you. And he's like, we're tired of it. So Paul lays hands on her, delivers her of this demon. The girl is excited. She's filled with joy. She had an encounter. Some would say encounter. Her life has been changed. She starts telling everyone she's happy. The disciples are happy. The people listening are happy, except for one person who was like her, her pimp, who he wasn't happy because he was making money on this girl telling fortunes to people. So he's like, I'm not making money, and it's Friday night. And I'm not happy that they took my income earner away. So he goes to the religious leaders, and he says, hey, listen, Paul and Silas are preaching, and it's against the law to preach. We need to do something about them. And that's where we pick up in Acts chapter 16, verse number 2. And it says this, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials, and they ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Verse 23, they were severely beaten. And then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. Verse number 24. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon. I mean, imagine this. Like, they didn't kill anybody. They didn't steal anything. But they're not only in prison, but they are in an inner dungeon for preaching the gospel of Jesus. And he clamped their feet in the stocks. He jailed them up. Now, some of you are like, I can't relate to that story, David, because um, I've never been demon possessed i've never seen someone demon possessed i've never been in jail i never want to go to jail but here's the reality every one of us in this room can relate to this story because every one of us have done all that we can do that we think that we're doing good and we still end up isolated we still feel like we're alone we still feel like man why am i in this situation god i didn't do anything wrong but i'm still in this situation anybody know what i'm talking about today and look what it says in verse number 25 and around midnight mm, midnight Remember the title? Come on, we're going to go in. Turn to somebody and say, we're going in now. And around midnight, Paul and Silas, they were praying. They were singing songs to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Now, hold on a minute. They had just been beaten. I don't know when you were a kid if you ever got a butt whipping. I know a lot of y'all are timeout people now. Anybody remember the word spanking? Come on, somebody. Every once in a while, I would get a spanking. And, um, and when I would get a spanking, I did not feel like partying. <laughs> I wanted to take a nap. My dad just whooped me. I'm going to go lay down, take a nap. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm going to feel sorry for myself. It's interesting, Paul and Silas have just been beaten, stripped, flogged. I mean, just utterly just abused. And the one place that you would think, you know what, Paul and Silas, it's okay. You guys have had a rough life. You've had a rough start. You've had a rough day. You know what, it's, it's okay to sit things out for right now. 
You know what's so interesting is sometimes people, when they're going through the biggest battles in their life, they think that that is the time. Well, you know what? I shouldn't serve right now. I shouldn't just do this right now. I really need to withdraw right now. I can't come to church right now. because No, 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 no. Paul and Silas showed us that at midnight, at the darkest time of the day, when they had every excuse not to party, they started singing and worshiping God. Now, I don't know about you. It's funny because it says that the other prisoners were listening. If it's midnight, how many of you know the other prisoners are like, hey, you need to shut up, guys. Paul, you can't even sing, man. Come on. Anybody ever like you get intimidated in worship because you're like, man, people can sing, but I can't sing. Come on, anybody. Nobody. Want, okay, a few of you want to admit that. Come on, I just want to give you permission. Let it out. Come on. In worship, that's why we turn the music up loud because we don't want to hear you. You don't want to hear yourself. Just sing with boldness. Pastor, why is the music so loud? Because half of us can't sing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. We want you to be expressive. Listen to this. Verse number 26. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and all of the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every single prisoner not just Paul and size but every prisoner fell off church you need to see this today you need to understand what I'm talking about today the breakthrough didn't happen before they worshiped it happened after they worshiped let me tell you something the reason why we do worship is because we are helping you understand that you can press through no matter what you came in here with. Well, I don't feel like it. Who said it was ever based on what you feel like? I, 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 I don't know if God is real. Why don't you press in and watch and see that God is real? If we will just say, God, I want to worship you. If you're taking notes, write this down. Come on, you got to write this down. Worship is not conditional, but it is critical. It is not conditional, but it is critical. You say, well, pastor, what do you mean? How many of you know it is easy to worship when you just got a raise? It is easy to worship when you just close those deals. How many of you know when everything is up and to the right in your life, it's easy to come to church and be like, "Woo, Jesus. And you never did this before. You were like this kind of worshiper. But now all of a sudden, man, when you get, how many of you know it's easy to worship when your kids are acting right? But I, I want to know is, are you ready to worship when things aren't going your way? Can you worship when you didn't get the raise? Can you worship when you didn't get the boo? Can you worship when you didn't get the job promotion? Can you worship when you didn't get the A plus that you wanted? You see, worship is not conditional, but critical. Worship is not conditional on what you go through. We should say, God, I've come to your house at the 10 o'clock today to worship you. And things may be good and things may be bad, but I am going to worship. Come on, I don't know if you're getting this today. I've come to worship you. I've come to press in. I've come to break the environment. You see... The miracle didn't happen before they worshiped. It happened after they worship. You see, worship, the reason why it's not conditional, but it's critical, because all of us have problems in our life right now. You all have a problem. We all have a problem. I've got problems. You've got problems. We all got things that could cause fear. We all have things that could cause anxiety. But what you have to understand about worship is, 
Worship is critical because worship is a problem to your problem. When you learn to worship, all of a sudden the things that you had a problem with this week, your worship literally mounts up in the supernatural and says, Oh yeah? You're going to think you're going to steal my joy? You think you're going to cause me to be depressed another week? You think you're going to have my kids? No way. I've come to worship my God. When you say yes to God, all of a sudden your problems begin to get nervous. You say, Pastor David, I, I, I don't really even believe that. Listen, this week I practiced it. This week was kind of like a heavy week for some reason. Nothing bad happened. It was just a spiritual thing, man. And, and, and I, I was down, I was down uh, on South Beach with some people from Brave Church, and we were running um, this ungodly five miles. And... <laughs> Some of you are like, Pastor, you seem like you work out all the time. I always see it on your social media. No, you just better believe every time I do, I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> um, and um, so afterwards, I, I felt, man, I, I was exhausted physically. I was exhausted mentally and emotionally, spiritually, just exhausted. And I said, God, I just want to say yes to you. I just want to worship. I want my problem to have a problem with my worship. And right then, there was somebody that God pointed out to me. It said, I want you to go to them, and I want you to speak what I'm going to put in your heart. And I began to do that. And let me tell you something. Everything in my heart and in my mind shifted when I said, God, I'm not going to focus on my problem. I'm going to focus on the problem to my problem. And I'm going to worship you. God, show me something that I can say yes to. And I promise I'll say yes. And God said, okay, go to him. And I said, yes, God. And I went. And you know what? It shifted so quickly. Pastor Christina can tell you, as soon as I got in the car, I'm like, babe, you're not going to believe what just happened. And I told her the story. And she's like, that is crazy. And I'm like, I know. But let me tell you something. My worship, my yes to God became a problem for my problem. And instantly that breakthrough happened in my life. Some of us, the reason why we haven't had a breakthrough is because God has been trying to get you to worship him. He's been trying to get you to say yes, and you keep not, not submitting to him. And you keep saying, well, God, maybe, God, this isn't my personality. Come on, today is a day where we break through and we say, God, anytime you say, go, do this, I'm going to say yes. So I've got to give you several things about worship. Worship, worship, it's so powerful. Because here's the thing. It says this, that at midnight they started to worship God. Midnight is so symbolic. Because midnight represents a new day. Midnight represents a new beginning. It represents a new season. Come on, how many of you know at 11.59 p.m. you're still in yesterday? You see, I've been praying for you today that some of you would have a midnight experience with God today. Some of you are so focused on yesterday and what was and what could have been that you can't see the new season that God is wanting to bring in your life today. I'm here to declare you came in at 1159, but the bells are chiming and ringing that God says today is midnight. It's a midnight day. I love it. It says that it was at midnight because midnight is the darkest time of the night, but it's also when the new day begins. You see, some of us are trying just to get away from our problems, and you're consumed. You're like, man, the problems are getting deeper and worse. Can I tell you, that is good news for you. That means you're getting closer to midnight. That means you're getting closer to a new beginning. That means the darker the day, the darker the night, the closer you are getting 
to a breakthrough. You see, your worship is so powerful because if you don't worship, the shackles never come off. If you don't worship, the doors never open. So let me give you four things about worship, what worship is and what worship is not. Number one, if you have your notes, come on, are you ready? Say yeah. Yeah. Number one is this, worship is not a song, but it is a stance. Worship is not a song, but it is a stance. What is a stance? It's a place of posture. Worship is is your game face. Worship is when you get in your car tomorrow and you say, God, it's Monday and I've got my game face on today. I'm ready to say yes to you. It's when you say, God, it's it's 11 o'clock and we're about to leave here and I'm going to have the rest of this long weekend. God, I'm just ready to say yes to you. Speak to me. It it is a position of trust. What is worship? It's a stance that says, you know what, no matter what happens, no matter where, where problems come from, my position is I trust in you, God. Some of you need to decide right now that you trust God. When you have everything going good in your life and you go, God, I trust you. Thank you so much for my blessings. You need to pre-decide that when things aren't looking so sunny and so bright, God, I'm going to trust you. It is my position. My position is trust. My position is I'm going to stand. I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. Remember last week, I'm going to stay committed. I'm not going anywhere. This is my position. It's a stance. That's why in worship... and, and, and I understand that some of us have, are, have different personalities and backgrounds and things. But, but in worship, man, something happens to me. I, I'm, you've heard me say this. Naturally, I'm an introvert. But in worship, man, something happens. There is a, a posture that comes over me where, man, I'm like ready to go to war, man. During our worship, God, this morning, I'm like, I'm ready to go in. I'm ready to deliver the word of God. It is a posture and a position. It's not a song, because when the song ends, what's going to happen to your worship? When three minutes and 43 seconds of your favorite song on Pandora, Spotify, Apple Music, I don't know what, Google Play, I don't know all this whole Samsung stuff, I don't know anything about that, (laughs) but whatever that is, what happens when the song ends? Many of us, our joy ends when the song ends, but when you live a lifestyle of worship, that in my business, I'm going to worship in my, in my family, I'm going to worship. In my relationships, I'm going to say yes to God. In my finances, it's yes. When I'm out at, in, the, in the city this week, it's a yes. Like th- this verse in, in Psalm chapter 34 says this. Worship God if you want the best. Anybody want the best? Okay, anybody who doesn't want the best? All right. Worship God if you want the best. Because worship opens doors to all of God's goodness. You've got to get this today, brave. You want to happen in your life hinges on the door of your worship. Psalm 84 says it. It opens the doors of God's goodness. When you say yes, that means when you're standing in line at Publix or Sedano's or Navarro, and you're waiting there and you realize that the person in front of you they're short on money and so they're like you know what just put the cereal box back and while you're at it put this back 
all right, how much is that? And you hear that conversation, and God nudges you and says, hey, just pay for their cereal box. It's only $2.35. You didn't realize, but when you do that and you say yes to God, you just opened a door that you didn't even know was there. Man, I feel that so strong right there. You know what that means? That means when God says, hey, I want you to call that person and apologize because you talk bad about them behind their back and they don't even know it, but you know it. And you call them and you say, hey, listen, I just want to let you know, I'm so sorry I talked bad about you to somebody. And man, it wasn't right. And I understand if you don't trust me after this, but I just want you to know that, man, I'm trying to get things right with God and be a better person and walk with integrity. And I just want you to know, I want you to forgive me and I'm going to go to that person and make it right too. You don't realize you just opened a door. Here's what it means. It simply means this, that when God says, hey, I don't want you to go to that place this weekend. And you say, okay, God, I won't go. You just opened a door in your life. You see, Scripture says in Psalm 84, 34, that it opens the doors to all of His goodness. The problem is most of us want God's goodness that's inside the door, but we're not willing to risk it all to walk inside of it. Let me say that again. Most of us here preaching about God and His goodness and His blessing and provision, and we want what's inside that door, but we're not willing to risk it all to say, God, the answer is yes, so I'm going to go inside. I'm going to step inside. I'm going to be a door opener this week. I'm going to open doors everywhere I go. I'm going to look for opportunities everywhere I go. This is my season. Real quick, number two, you have to understand that worship is a sound. How many of you know worship is not silent? It's extreme. That's why you see people at concerts. Come on, they go to concerts and they got their phone out and their flashlight out. Taylor Swift, you're like, girl, I know the song. You know I know the song. I'm going to sing it. I don't care what you think. People go to extremes at concerts. I've seen like... I've been, I love going to concerts, and I see you at concerts, and people and friends of mine all over at concerts. I have a friend in Orlando, person in the world, and these dudes going around right now, and man, he is the most reserved, quiet person in the world, and he's doing these selfie videos at Beyonce, and he's like, ah! He literally has tears coming down his face. This is an out-of-body experience. I'm like, bro, it's just Beyonce, dude. It's extreme worship. It's extreme. That's why Psalm 81 says, Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout. Somebody say shout. Aloud to the God of Jacob. Begin the music. Strike the timbrel. Play the melodious harp and lyre. It's crazy. We will go nuts at games. We will go nuts at concerts. But we think we come to church we got to be all quiet. we got to get all reserved. No, no, no. This verse in Psalm 81 says this. What he's saying is this. Turn the music up. Get the haze in the room. Strike up the bass. Get the drums because we're going to worship God. He says worship. It is a sound. What is it a sound of? It is a sound of deliverance. It is a sound of freedom. It is the sound of authority in the name of our God. It is the sound of breakthrough. Is there anybody today that would give a sound of worship? You see, 
That is why Brave Church, that's why we do worship the way we do. Someone said, man, your pastor yells. Yes, I do. Because if you knew what God brought me out of, and you knew how God has rescued me, you would shout and you would yell on my behalf because you would see where your pastor used to be and where I am and say, if he can do it with that guy, he can do something in me. You see, worship is a sound of thankfulness and gratitude. Pastor, that's so extra. Why we got to clap? Why we got to lift our hands? Because we're worshipers. Because Psalm chapter 98 says this. Shout your praises to God, everybody. I love it that it says everybody. He didn't say just the young, not just the old, not just the rich, not just the poor, not just the skinny, not just the big boned. He didn't say no 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 he says everybody not just the latinos not just the hispanics not just the puerto ricans come on not just the islanders not just the Afrikaans, but the gringos he wants you too and he says let loose and sing strike up the band round up an orchestra to play for god while you're at it Add on a hundred voice choir. We need a choir. Come on, somebody. Feature trumpets and big trombones. In other words, the bass. Fill the air with the praises of God, our King. I love this because it says you've got to learn to worship God. But, but check this out. Standing on this side up here. Like even right now? Standing from up here? Some of y'all are just like... Like, can you imagine... Like, can you imagine... Can you imagine if you went to your, your son's game like this? Your kid's out there playing, and you're just like... And then your, your son scores a goal everyone's going crazy on the team and you're his parent and you're like good job son like you're so straight you're so fixed you're so so tight this verse says this i love it it says let loose and strike up the band you know what your father wants you to do when you come into an atmosphere like this? Oh, I know your last church experience, it was really quiet because my family grew up in it too. Stand up, sit down, be quiet. Stand up, sit down. It's so reverence. No, no, no. God in scripture says this. I want you to let loose. I want you to shout for joy. I want you to clap your hands. Is there anybody here who would let God have some worship? You would stand to your feet and you would say, God, I'm ready to give you the loudest shout of praise. Come on, brave church. Yeah. I'm going to worship.
when we come together in an environment like this come on brave church come on everyone stand to your feet with me come on i'm asking you let's be a church that we worship we're not weird you're never going to come in and we have people hanging from the chandeliers come on we're not that church but i'm talking about authentic worship i'm not talking about putting on a show I'm not talking about somebody up here with flags, waving flags and people dancing and being, we're never going to be the weird, but, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about us literally just loving God so much and we're so thankful for what he's done for us that we cannot help it in worship to lift up our praise a little bit louder. Why? Two more things. Go ahead, get your notes in your hand while you're standing. I'm going to give these to you real quick. Number two, number three is this, worship is surrender. It's where we surrender. That's why we say lift up your hands. Lifting up your hands is an act of surrender. I surrender to you, God. Listen, some of you need to surrender today to the process. And you need to go ahead and sign up for Begin next week. Just go ahead and surrender. I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't. No, no, no. You need to discover your purpose. Surrender. Some of you, Brave Life is getting ready to start a new semester. You need to go ahead and sign up for Brave Life today. Do you guys have the slide? Go ahead and put the slide up of where people can sign up. Come on, throw it up there. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, where's it at? They told me it's there. Come on, there it is. Nope, that's not it. It's the brave.guide. Come on, brave.guide. Go there and sign up. Come on, don't wait. Take the step. Surrender, God. I surrender to you. I surrender. Here's the last thing that worship is. Oh, I love this one. Worship, it's a weapon. The people of God, he said, God told his people, I want you to march around the walls of Jericho. I want you to march around seven times. Then I want you to worship. Some of you, the walls that are in your life are because you have withheld your worship. But if you begin to worship God, you'll see walls fall in your life. You'll see business deals close in your life. You'll see relationships begin to take life and be healthy. You'll see God's blessing on your life. Doors will open. You see, praise and worship is a weapon. It's where we say, devil, you can't take my joy any longer. You didn't give me this joy. You can't take it. I have a weapon and it's called my praise. Voice right now. And I'm going to work my worship. I have a weapon and I'm going to lift my voice right now. And I'm going to worship him. And I'm going to praise him. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and worship the Lord. Hey, we worship you. You're here today. And you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Man, today I need to surrender to God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Pastor, would you just, today I need to surrender to God. I need a breakthrough in my life. And that's you, and you know that God has been nudging you. The first yes that you need to say is in this moment, where you say yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ. He loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for you that is greater than what you're even living right now. You're like, well, things are great in my life. Well, what if they could be greater? Because when you're walking in purpose with God, things will get greater and greater and greater. And even at 11.59, when it's the darkest time, he says, I will be with you even then. So you're here and you say, I need to surrender and say yes to God today.
If that's you with no one looking around on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand so that I know who I'm praying for. Because I know that there are many of you in this room that are like, man, I wish someone. Two, three, go. Come on. Yeah. Pray with you right now. If that's you on the count of three, lift your hand and put it right back down. One, two, three, go. Come on. Yeah. All over. Yeah. 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 Today I say yes. I say yes. You can put it right back down. Come on, there's somebody else. You, 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 man, right, right now, there's like a struggle in your, your mind, your spirit. There's a battle. Come on, I'm going to wait for you. You say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. It's going to wait two more seconds. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, yes. Thank you, sir. Yeah, anybody else today? Today, I don't want to leave. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, it's huge. It's incredible. Thank you. Come on, can we pray this out loud? Say, Jesus, today I ask you to forgive me of every sin. And today, I say yes to you. I worship you with my yes. I praise you with my yes. Be my Lord and my Savior today and forever. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, please visit BraveMiami.com.